Hey, this is Dusty Otis. Welcome to the Living Redefined Podcast. This is a place where we discuss modern day topics and attack them with biblical truths. The goal that we have is just to make daily decisions based on morality and integrity. I want to help you move forward in your faith, and I hope that today helps you do that. Enjoy the message. Well, good morning. Welcome back to the online version of what online church is supposed to be, right? It's just you and me, so I'm so thankful that you're here taking uh, time to sit with me this morning, engage, pray that you have an open heart, open hands, open ears to receive. Today is a massive teaching day, lots of scripture. So if you're a note taker and a Bible reader, a Bible highlighter, today is going to be a really good day for you. If not, man, I just pray that you would sit and soak and take, take in what God has put on my heart to share with you. I think it's going to be good. And so we gather in community. We're gathering online today in community so we can grow in our relationship and go as believers wherever we go. And so today in the Pursuit of Purpose Part 3, next week we'll finish this series up. Just a four-week series. Been really good. And so today talking about uh, the title, rather, sorry. The title is um, God's Prosperity in Your Purpose. So how walking with God brings prosperity to your purpose. And so uh, we're looking at the story of Joseph. That's Genesis 37. You should have that bookmarked if you've been with me. If not, the, the first two messages in the series are monumental for you. So Joseph had a dream. It was a God-given dream. It took 23 years for that to come to pass. Uh, when you talk about that versus Abraham, Abraham was 100 before he saw God's purpose come to pass in his life. And so the foundation of this series is Ephesians 2, 10. And that essentially, in a nutshell, says God has a purpose for you, he wants you to live on purpose, for purpose. And the big idea in this is everybody ends up somewhere. Everybody is born and they live their life and they die and they go to one or two places, right? And everybody ends up somewhere, but very few people end up somewhere on purpose. They end up working a plan instead of, instead of fulfilling a purpose. And so we want to get there intentionally, which means we cannot spend our lives working the plan instead of fulfilling the purpose God gave us. And so last week, the big idea was to fall. The fall always should, in all caps, bring us back to Jesus. And so if we're going to pursue purpose, we must stay connected to the Father. That's John 15. And so last week we talked about what we need to notice when we get knocked down, your position, your perspective, and, and your purpose, the purpose of that. Understand, essentially taking ownership in your position, understand how you got there. How did I get to this place, right? The second thing, having God's perspective when you get there, not listening to the lies of the enemy, of the devil, but instead going with God's purpose, right? And then the third one was, was knowing the purpose uh, of that fall is to get back to God, regardless of, of where you are, how bad you've been, the mistakes you made. Those are all over in your past. God wants to lead you forward. And that's what purpose means in Greek. And so today, titled The Other Side, what happens once we get up? What happens once we get out of the well, out of the cistern? What happens once we get up, we dust ourselves off, Right, a righteous man will fall down seven times, so get up eight. When we get up, the other side of the fall. And so then before we talk about the other side, you need to know that it's been said that prosperity comes to those who hustle. Prosperity comes to those who hustle and push their dream into existence. Now, that's the worldly view of prosperity. By the way, prosperity is not a dirty word. A lot of Christians, a lot of pastors speak about prosperity and believe that you should be poor, that you should suffer for Jesus. I just want to tell you, God is not honored in poverty and God is not honored in your suffering. Matter of fact, he sent Jesus to suffer for you, to be poor for you so that you could be rich, so that you could prosper. And so then uh, when we talk about prosperity being the fact that we're willing to go hustle and get it, it done, that is the scale in which you're judged by, right? And so, well, when you don't or are not prosperous, 
then the automatic answer is, well, you didn't hustle. You didn't work hard enough. And, and in all of that, nobody wonders or asks, are you hustling for the wrong thing? Are you hustling for the wrong thing? Or are you, you just working the plan? Or are you actually on purpose, right? And so there's a big difference between production and productivity. I just want to highlight a couple of these things because they're going to speak a lot to your prosperity, God's purpose, and Him prospering you in that purpose. Big difference between production and productivity. Production is the process of creating, growing, manufacturing, or improving goods and services. It refers to quantity produced. Productivity is really good, and productivity is and measures the efficiency the efficiency or rate of production. Efficiency is really where the rubber meets the road for a lot of people. And a lot of people confuse um, productivity and efficiency. And they need to know that that, that is really the definition of it's, it's the rate of how efficient are you in producing. And so people tend to think that if you're producing, that you are effective. And so it's easy to confuse effective and efficient. I used to always say, if it's efficient, it's effective. That's very true. If you're being efficient in the right things. And so productivity is all about efficiency, not effectiveness. Now, the big difference between efficiency and effectiveness is this. Efficiency is the ability to accomplish something with the least amount of wasted time, effort, money, competency in your performance. Okay? Effectiveness, this is huge. God wants you to be effective in your purpose. Effective is how successful you are in producing the desired result. So the bottom line then is production, productivity, efficiency, and effectiveness will not lead to prosperity if you are disconnected from God. So how do I know that? There are too many examples of movie stars and multi-million dollar executives, leaders, icons, taking their own lives, right? For me to believe that I'm going to outwork, out-hustle, out-gain, and find peace in all of my exhaustion. Too many stories like that, right? At the end of the day, regardless of what you gain, it's empty without God. And look at the stories of those people, and you can see right through all of it, right? You know, the, the Bible says, what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and lose his soul. Remember, your soul is your mind. What's the property to gain the whole world and lose your mind? Zero. If you want peace, you have to find that that peace of mind starts in your heart. It starts in your spirit. And so if you want to truly prosper, you need to live on purpose instead of working that plan. So remember, your character is the foundation for your purpose. If you have a weak character, don't expect that purpose to be great. John Maxwell says you have Uphill hopes with downhill habits. Don't expect to ever get there, right? Your character is the foundation for your purpose. And so let's jump into the other side. Before we do, let's pray. Father, thanks for the opportunity, Lord, to gather today with those who can hear me, both online and through podcast. Thanks, Lord, for your voice, for your presence in our lives. I'm grateful, Lord. Thank you for open ears, hearts, and hands to receive today. Thank you for letting me be a part of what you want to do uh, in the face of this city in our country, and I'm grateful, Lord, to be used. In Jesus' name, amen. So Joseph recap. Joseph was a telltale. He didn't have good favor with uh, his brothers. He had great favor with his dad. His dad gave him a coat. His brothers got jealous. His brothers hated him for his dream, the dream he had. And so they sold him, 
okay? Now, if you're a note taker or a Bible reader, you're with me today online. We're going to pick up in Genesis 39, verse 1. Here's what it said. Now, Joseph had been taken down to Egypt, and Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, captain of the guard, an Egyptian, bought him from the Ishmaelites, who had taken him down there. And verse 2 says, the Lord was with Joseph. You can highlight that or underline it. And he was a successful man, and he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. Verse 3, and his master, Potiphar, unbeliever, does not believe in God or anything. Okay? And his master saw that the Lord was with him, and that the Lord made all he did prosper in his hands. That's amazing that a guy who doesn't believe would see it and go and know exactly who it's from. Right? So Joseph found favor in his sight, and he served him, and then he made him overseer of his house, of his entire house. And all that he had, he had put under his authority. And in verse 5, it says, So it was from the time that he had made him overseer of his house, and all that he had, that the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house for Joseph's sake. Potiphar <laughs> was blessed because of Joseph, because God was with him. And the blessing of the Lord was on all that he had in the house and in the field. Thus, he left all that he had in Joseph's hand, and he did not know what he had except for the bread he ate. So Potiphar had no clue what was going on. All he knew is he was receiving just blessing upon blessing upon blessing. And it was all because of Joseph, because Joseph was with him. Now, how or why did Joseph become number two in Potiphar's house? Just like that. Two times there you see it says the Lord was with him. That's God's presence. And because God was with him, he prospered in everything that he did. And not only did he prosper, the Egyptians and Potiphar, who didn't even believe in God, prospered. Which means if you work with unbelievers or your boss is an unbeliever, blessings, increase, and abundance are going to find the company through you. And your boss is going to know it's you. Now, that's not grounds for you to go and say, I need a raise, right? But it is, that is grounds for you to know, hey, God's doing something through you because you are with him. And so here's what prosper means. I said it wasn't a dirty word. Prosper means to make successful, to succeed in material terms, be financially successful, or to grow strong and healthy. Prosperity is not a bad word, although it may be churchy. And a lot of people think money, or you're just money, right? It's not that. God wants to prosper you. He wants to bless you, and he wants to bless you so that you can be a blessing to others, period. So then, the question I have for you today is, would it be okay with you if God made everything that your hands touch prosper? That's church answers easy. Uh, yes, duh, right? Yeah. You really need to think about that, though. Don't you go, yeah, yeah, that'd be great. Moving on. You really need to think about that. You would get no credit, but everything, everything would be blessed, and you would prosper. Deuteronomy 28.8 says, The Lord shall command the blessing upon thee in thy storehouse, and in all thou settest thine hand to, and he shall bless thee in the land which the, the Lord, this is King James, it's good, bless thee in the land which the Lord thy God hath given thee all. In other words, everything you put your hands to is going to prosper when you are on in the presence, in the presence of God. So today, after looking at Joseph there in, in Verse 30 in chapter 39, verses 1 through 6, you can see there is success, there is prosperity when you're in the presence of God. And so today we're going to talk about four points to prosperity if you're taking notes. 
So you can see success in everything you do from your health to your job, to your marriage, to your finances, to your family, to everything. So that when you are with God, all these things will be added to you. And so the first point to ensure, to ensure that you are walking in on purpose and in prosperity is this. Prosperity begins with the presence of God. We see that in Joseph right there. And God was with him and he prospered everything. The Lord was with him, so he prospered. By the way, last week we talked about apart from God, you can do nothing, right? With God, you bear much fruit, you are prosperous. So prosperity begins with God's presence in your life because he is good, but also because he never fails. He never fails. And so God never is going to remove his presence from you, but you do have the choice to walk away from it. You do have the choice to walk away from it. Uh, Cain and Abel is a great example of this. Cain, it says Cain left the presence of God. He chose to walk away. So you can walk away from it, but God will not, will not remove his presence from you. So then the truth is when you walk with God, you're successful. And when you don't, you struggle. Walking with God is success. And success is not a bullseye you hit. It's who you are. And because of who you are and who you're in a relationship with, prosperity finds you. Prosperity finds you. And so proof of God's prosperity is when you're in his presence. This is Deuteronomy 29.9. Keep the words of this covenant and do them that you may prosper in all that you do. What? What's that? If I keep God's word, I may prosper in everything I do. Second Kings, couple scripture references here. Second Kings 18.7 says, The Lord was with him and he prospered wherever he went. Presence, God's presence. Third John 1, 2 says, Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. Woo, when you prosper, your mind, are you kidding me? That's amazing. The Hebrew meaning of prosperity means to push forward. God wants to push you forward. He wants to move you forward in your family, in your finances, in your job and everything. So then you need to know that God would like to push you forward in all of those areas and anything that you put your hand to, right? Now, Potiphar was only blessed because God was with Joseph. It had nothing to do with him, right? And so you need to understand and think on today is do the people that you are around know that they're prospering because of your presence, because God is with you. Your efficiency and your productivity is a blessing to them, right? You're a multiplier. And so then your purpose will prosper if you have the presence of God. So then you're probably thinking, how do I get the presence of God? It's a phenomenal question. It's our second point. I'm glad you're wondering. We gain God's presence through obedience. And a hush falls over the crowd. Here's the thing. No, I'm not going to ask you to do something, okay? Ah, oh, great. Obedience, Dusty's going to ask me to do something. I'm not, okay? We gain God's presence through obedience. Let's look at a few scriptures here to where we can see this. Does this really play out? Is this really true? 2 Chronicles 17, 3. Now the Lord was with Jehoshaphat, and because, because, you can underline that if you want, he walked in the former ways of his father David. What does it say? The Lord was with him because he obeyed. He walked in obedience, the former ways. He walked in what he was taught, right? In 1 Samuel 18, 14, it says, And David behaved wisely in all his ways, and the Lord was with him. So, I mean, he obeyed. Now, listen, David was not perfect. But when he messed up, he got on his knees, he repented, and he came back to God. David always came back to God. The fall should always bring you back to God. 1 Samuel 18, 12 says, 
Now Saul was afraid of David. Well, this is huge. Now Saul was afraid of David because the Lord was with him, but had departed from Saul. What does that mean? Why was the Lord with David? David obeyed God. Why did God depart from Saul? He disobeyed. Obedience, obedience brings prosperity, brings God's presence, right? And so we could keep going on these scripture, by the way, but God's presence through obedience, you see in Deuteronomy 11:26 through 28. Again, I told you lots of scripture today. Good stuff. It says, Behold, I set before you today a blessing and a curse. Verse 27, the blessing is, if you're highlighting, if you obey. The blessing is, if you obey the commandments of the Lord your God, which I command you today. Verse 28, and the curse is if you do not obey. The curse is if you do not obey the commandments of the Lord your God, but turn aside from the way which I command you to go, the way, the purpose, the reason, and go after other gods which you have not known. And other gods today would be money, media, agenda. Okay, <laughs> that's enough on that. So then what you need to know is, is those other gods have nothing to do with your faith because your faith is not defined by work. Your faith is not defined by productivity. Your faith is not defined by your efficiency. We are saved by grace. We succeed with obedience. Massive point. We are saved by grace. We succeed with obedience. If you walk with God, you will walk with success. Doesn't mean that you're never going to have trouble. Doesn't mean there's not going to be a storm. Doesn't mean you're not going to have a bad experience. Because I can guarantee you all those things are going to come. What it does mean is God will take you through those trials, those storms, those experiences successfully on the other side. You will find yourself with God and better on the other side because God walked with you, right? See this in Job 36, 11, and 12. If, if they obey and serve him, they shall spend their days in prosperity and their years in pleasures. Come on, somebody. But if they do not obey, they shall perish by the sword and they will die without knowledge. What is this? Simple obedience brings great prosperity. Great prosperity. Last one, Proverbs 28, 13 says, He who covers his sins, this is, this is more modern day stuff right here, love Proverbs. He who covers his sins will not prosper. Remix it. He who covers his sins walks in disobedience. But whoever confesses, and forsakes them will receive mercy and forgiveness. David's a perfect example. David blows it over and over and over and over and continually comes back. But whoever confesses and forsakes them, asks for forgiveness, will receive mercy and forgiveness. This is why obedience is so important. This is why obedience is so important. So when you walk with the Lord, you're covered. Okay? When you walk with the Lord, when you're obedient to walk with in his presence, when you're obedient in his presence, this is like getting out of the car in a massive rainstorm, right? Except when you get out, there's an umbrella waiting right over the door for you. And you get out and you see everybody scrambling because it just hit. And they're trucking it down the street, around the corner. They're hiding under bridges, right? They got all that. And as long as you stay under this covering, under this umbrella, you're going to stay dry. That's it. That's it. So the key to prospering is the presence of God. The key to God's presence, the key to God's presence in your life is obedience. 
is obedience. Those are the first two points. So you might say, wow, great, right? Great. What if I absolutely stink at obedience? How do I get that? How do I get to the place where I can be obedient? Because I have no clue what even that means when it comes to my relationship with God. Man, I'm so glad you ask. I'm so glad that you ask. We gain obedience. Point three, we gain obedience through faith, through faith. And so when it comes to faith, the truth is most of us have more faith in our hot water heater than we do in God. And that's not being ugly. That's just stating the facts, right? How do I know? Because you, like me, when you turn your hot water faucet on, you just stand there, right? Waiting, right? Come on, come on, come on, come on. Is it hot? I go up and I go back down. Hot, hot, hot. Where's the hot water? And you stand there. Why do you stand there and wait? Because you know, you know, you believe hot water is coming. And so you just stand there and you wait, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Any minute. Now, the house we lived in before the one we live in now, I could, I could have went to the grocery store for Heather, grabbed eggs, milk, came back, and the water still would be hot. Turn it on, hit the store, come back, still not hot, right? That's how long it took. But I knew hot water's coming. It might feel cold when I turn it on. It might feel cold when I turn it on, but it's going to get hot, right? It's going to get hot unless our kids use it all. And even then, it's not the hot water heater's fault. It's theirs. So if you get anything about faith and obedience, get this. If you turn the faucet of obedience on in your life, it might feel cold, but it's going to get hot if you believe it's coming. That's faith. If you believe it's coming, that's faith. You got to believe there are rewards when you obey. And that's great. Everyone's go, oh, yeah, rewards. But you also have to believe there are consequences when you disobey, right? If we believe that, if we truly believe that, we would all be obedient to what God is saying right here in this sweet guide he gave us. But the reality is instead, we, we believe that we can disobey, like that Proverbs verse says, we believe that we can disobey, sweep this under the rug, and we believe that we can get away with it. And that's never been true. And that's never true. But the thing that culture wants to tell you is, it's true. It's true. Look at him. He's a great example because he got lucky, right? At some point, the truth will always set you free, right? Isn't, isn't obedience, isn't obedience the reason that the reason that kids obey, isn't the reason that our kids obey because they believe there's a reward coming? Isn't the reason that kids obey is because they believe that if they don't obey, there are consequences, right? By the way, obedience is not a bribe, okay? I don't see any bribes in the Bible. I see lots of instruction and I see lots of action, right? Instruction without action is disobedience. By the way, delayed obedience is still disobedience. I know I should probably do that, but I'll, I'll get to it. I'll tell them. I'll pray. I'll... Delayed obedience is still disobedience. This is some of the stuff that works in our house. God isn't going to bribe you to obey. He does give you the instruction, and he gives you the choice to act. He gives you the choice for action. In our house, Heather and I teach, it's Joshua 1.8, really. I'm going to give you the front and back of that. We teach obedience leads to prosperity. Obedience leads to prosperity. That only happens if they believe that what we are teaching them is true. And it's not a because I said so, but because it's what we believe, right? 
We believe this is the way, the truth, and the life. This is it. And so Joshua 1, 7 through 9, if you're in your Bible, you can highlight this. Only be strong and very courageous. And, and when you believe in something you can't see, which is what faith is, you have to be strong and courageous because there are a lot of clowns who want to make you feel bad and make you feel dumb and ignorant and all those other things, right? And that's all the devil. Only be strong and very courageous. Be careful. Do everything in accordance with, with the book. What Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left so that you may prosper and be successful wherever you go. Don't get off track. Don't get off path. Stay on purpose. Stay on purpose. This book, verse 8, your guide, this book, your guide, right, shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall read and meditate. You should, this is a scripture to take to the end of the message today, okay? Meditate, think about day and night. Let this be your guide is what it's saying. So that, love a good so that in the Bible, man, here's the reason. So that you may be careful to do everything in accordance with all that is written in it, for then, you can highlight this, your way will be prosperous, and then, because of your obedience, you will be successful. Verse 9, have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified or dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Remember, I'm with you. I know you can't see it. I know you can't feel. I'm with you. I'm with you. I love that final little, little cherry on the top right there. Now, if we do not lead first and teach second, the why that our kids, the why that we're trying to teach our kids, they're never going to follow. They'll never follow. So here's how we define obedience. This is biblical obedience. Biblical obedience is love plus trust plus action. If one is missing, it is not obedience. It's a task. It is a task in which our relationship with God turns into a ritual or religion that's disconnected from our heart. There must be love, trust, and action. We ask our kids regularly, how does God know that you believe what he said? And here's what they say. He sees it. He sees it. How does he see it? In my hands and my feet. I get the word of God from my head to my heart, from my heart to my hands, from my hands to my feet. It's action. It's action, right? And so the trust part of obedience is faith. Everybody can say they love God, right? And everybody can do. But if there's no trust, it's just rote religion, right? People obey. Kids obey because they believe in reward and consequence. They believe in prosperity and poverty. And here's what you need to know about your faith, about your belief. Belief is not fear-driven. It is faith-driven. As believers of God, He doesn't need you afraid of Him. He needs you to trust Him. There are enough unsaved people walking in fear. You don't need to be one of them, okay? God is a God of reward. You have to slow down to see those rewards because the reason that we can't see our reward is most of the time because of our expectation. We think it should be more, right? Obedience leads to prosperity, which means faith leads to fulfillment and your fear leads to failure. So take time to be thankful. Now, let's look at Hebrews chapter 3, verses 18, 19. We're going to wrap up this point and move on to the close. Hebrews 3, 18, 19. And to whom did he swear that they would not enter his rest. 
Rest, you can circle that or underline it. Rest is this. Rest equals the reward, the promised land. Rest equals prosperity here. Rest. And whom did he swear that would not enter his rest? But those who did not obey. Did not obey. So we see that they could not enter in because of unbelief. Wait a second. Why does it say unbelief instead of disobedience? Because what you think you would say is, but those who did not obey, so they would not enter because of their disobedience. But it says because of their unbelief. So they don't receive the reward, the rest, prosperity, because they did not believe, not because they disobeyed. It starts with belief. Faith, faith, belief, trust in God starts and produces obedience. Why? Because we believe in our heart. We believe in our heart. We believe in our spirit. We decide in our mind and we obey with our body, our physical body. That's what the scripture, and that's why the scripture switches from they did not obey to unbelief. It's a heart issue. Oh, that's a heart issue. I can see it right now. That's why God says in 1 Samuel, I don't judge my outward appearance because you can do all day long. You can put on a good show and you can know this front and back. I look at your heart. I look at your motivation. I look at what drives you. It's a heart issue because it's very easy. Why? It's very easy to do the right thing for the wrong reason. Attention, glamour, to say you did, to check a box, right? And we call that rote religion. We call that routine. And it's because we know what to do, and so we do it, but we don't believe it anymore, if we ever believed it from the beginning, right? And what you need to understand is reluctance in your heart leads to lack of belief. Lack of belief produces lack of obedience. If these guys in Hebrews actually believed God would reward them, they would have obeyed. The reason they disobeyed is because they didn't believe. They didn't believe. And so let's recap before we close. The key to prosperity is God's presence. That is your relationship with him, walking together. The key to God's presence is your obedience. That's your heart. It's heart change. It's a heart issue. The key to obedience is your faith. That's your trust in him. It's your trust in him. So, okay, I got that presence. Obedience, faith, it's pretty good. Faith. How do I get faith? How do I grow in my faith, Dusty? That's the fourth and final point. It's super simple. It's very practical. Anybody can do it. Anybody can do it. So I'm going to close with it. So one thing that you get to choose. So one thing that you get to choose. And it's the difference between you prospering, obeying, and believing. It's the difference. Fourth point, you gain faith by hearing the Word of God. Now, you might think, no, nah, it's false because faith without works is dead. That's true. That's true. You might think it's doing. It's about that action. It's what, uh, <laughs> that action. But to do with purpose, you need heart. You need heart first. You need faith. Otherwise, it's disconnected from your heart. And doing does not produce faith. It produces movement, right? And so then it makes a lot of noise. Romans 10, 17 says this. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. Faith comes by hearing the word of God. Faith comes by hearing the word of God. How do I do that? Easy. Everybody can do this. Listen. Listen. Read scripture. Memorize scripture. Write note cards. Put on your dash. On your mirror, think about it. 
Keep it in front of you. Store it in your heart. Plant the Word of God in your heart. Plant the Word of God in your heart. Listen to, listen to teaching, podcasts, audio, video, YouTube. Don't care. Listen to it. And here's the deal. Engage in that content, in the Word. Engage in the Word to receive a blessing, not to gain information. Blessings here, not info here. The world's full of people with a ton of head knowledge. Those of us who have heart knowledge, who've got it from our head to our heart, and, and, and those who make it from our heart to their feet are few. And so then engage to receive a blessing, not to get information. The Bible tells us faith comes by hearing because the word of God has the power to change your life if you let it. The word of God, it says, is sharper than any two-edged sword. It has the ability to do more than any self-help book, any podcast, any TikTok, any IG, or any Facebook post. Why? Because the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. It lives forever and it will always accomplish. The Bible says the Word will always accomplish what it set out to do. What is that? To bring freedom, salvation, and purpose to the human race. To the human race. So then, spend time in the Word, learn the Word, Believe the word. God made this really simple for us. I want you to think about the last three points. Obeying, believing, and hearing. These three bring you and keep you in the presence of God. And the result is prosperity for you. So then, you prosper because you walk with God. You walk with God because you are obedient. You obey God. You're obedient to God because... You believe, trust, and you believe God because you hear. One, two, three, four, right? Here's your promise when you do. Last thing, last thing. Here's your promise when you do. Genesis 26, 12, and 13. This is Isaac. Isaac walked with, he obeyed, he believed, and he heard. And when he matured, he got to the point where he was true in these. Here's what it says in verse 12. Then Isaac sowed in that land. And he reaped in the same year a hundredfold. If that ain't prosperity, I don't know what it is. And the Lord blessed him. Verse 13. So the man began to prosper and continued prospering and became very prosperous. This is what God wants for you. This is what God wants for you. Period. Father, thanks so much for the opportunity to share about how we can find prosperity in our purpose. Lord, and it's what you've called us to. It's who you've called us to be. And so I just thank you for a great time together this morning, for lives changed, for seeds planted, Lord, for growth and development, Lord, that because we connected today, because we gathered today, because we took a step towards the growth today, we get to go from here a little bit better. And that's good. And I know that you're pleased with that. So I'm grateful. I'm thankful. Thank you for an amazing uh, rest of our day, rest of our week, wherever we are in the time frame of life, Lord. Thanks for speaking to us today and using us to bring light to other peoples, to be a blessing to other peoples because we're blessed by you. So in Jesus' name, amen. Now, if today's message spoke to you, I would ask one, that you would share it and like, subscribe, uh, all those things, rate us, review us. That would be amazing to get some traction socially. We don't do that very often, but I'm grateful. I'm grateful for your relational equity that you use to share the word, the message. And I'm grateful to hear about life change that happens here every week because we do this. And so thank you. Thank you so much. Here's your action step. Don't be leaving just yet. Here's your action step. Begin seeking and hearing and listening.
begin seeking, hearing, and listening to God's Word, okay? What do I mean? Read your Bible. Read your Bible. Don't know where to start? Start in the New Testament, book of Matthew. You're going to start learning about who Jesus was. More type A, you can go to Proverbs in the very middle, okay? Think about what you read. Think about what you read. Ask God, God, what are you saying to me today? What are you saying to me? Listen to Bible teaching, podcast, video. You can listen to the Bible, version Bible. That's an amazing way to do that. Talk about it. Talk about it in your life. Talk about it with your wife, your kids, your coworkers. Doesn't have to be weird. Hey, man, I read this today. What do you think about this? Talk about it. Get it out there. Get perspective. Stay in church. Stay in church. Get back to church. Get in and around like-minded people. Be with believers. Because hearing the word develops your faith. Now, if you partner with us financially, thank you. You make it go. You make it go, and we can't do it without you. So uh, you spell million, M-I-L-L, right? And so if you partner with us financially, thank you so much. Next week, next week, Living on Purpose, we're going to finish this series out, Going in Faith and Trusting God to Guide. Going in Faith and Trusting God to Guide. And so now I pray the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, would give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him. I pray the perception of your mind would be enlightened so that you would know what His hope, call, and purpose are for you and the great things that He has in store for you. Super thankful you're here. Go out, have a great week. See ya. Thank you so much for joining me today. A huge thanks to those of you who support our ministry. You make what we get to do in Michigan, Oklahoma, Texas, and Colorado possible with those weekly outreaches to our hospital heroes and public service men and women. It's a big deal to get to do that and to support the people who are caring for our communities. So go ahead and click the link in the description to become a partner, or you can visit livefreedefined.com and click the giving link. If you enjoyed the podcast, please take a minute to like and subscribe or share it with a friend. Thanks again for being here today. God bless you.